preach in Jesus' name this morning. It's a blessing to be here and to discuss God's Word together. The title of the message this morning is Pursuing Excellence in Our Relationships with God and Man. Today is what we call council meeting. And we made statements uh, like, I have peace with God and man, as far as I know, and desire communion. And uh, that's right and proper. That's part of brotherhood. That's part of accountability to God. That's part of keeping a pure church. It's a part of mutual trust. And uh, etc. But as I considered this, the question came to my mind, should we be examining anything else? Like, uh, these are two things that were just primarily uh, responsible for. It certainly has to do with the first and the greatest commandment, the second. And uh, Jesus said that's wrapped up together. Um... Could examination of other areas in our life help us in such a way in such a way that the two that we're talking about this morning could flourish in a better manner? Um, do I just want to pass this morning? Or do I want a good grade? You know, if, if we actually get into 50% about a month ago, do I want it just like a 70 or something so that I just pass uh, like a negligent schoolboy? Is that okay? Or, I, or I'm looking. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to be perfect. I don't really expect 100. But am I shooting for 95? Uh, the Lord's taught me a lesson this morning. And, um, I was on the way to church before I could do anything about it, so uh, I'm just going to have a little confession time here. You know, I'm batching it, so <clears throat> so this includes a lot of things. Trying to find something to eat, and well, that's plenty around. That's not a problem. But so I, I looked in the closet yesterday, and no white shirts left. I mean, I was in Canada and. Funeral Friday and depletes the white shirt. So I thought, oh, it's got to get some white shirt going. And so, so I throw a bunch of whites in the washer. I, I know enough that you don't put the black in with the white. You don't put the jeans in with the good shirt. So I threw some white stuff. At least the color was right. I'm not sure if it's the right thing. But threw it in the washer and washed them up. Threw them in the dryer. And one of them little, whatever you take out of the box, and put that little fabric softener or something. And so so that, that's not a whole lot of work. You know, I, I got this dirty shirt got to take care of. got this dirty problem. And so I throw it in the washing machine and then I throw it in the dryer. And, and uh, so I'm thinking, now what am I going to do? Wrinkly shirt. That ain't going to work. I, it's like, 
how do I how do I how do I iron a wrinkly shirt? You, you know what uh, I come up with? If I leave my suit on, guess what they see? Yeah. Okay. So that's the easy part. You just whip the front on there and shoot, shoot, shoot back and forth and. And then you flip it over and you put the other side on, and you don't even have to go past the button because that's all underneath. So you go right up to the button on that side, and then you throw it on, and a plain suit will cover everything else. I'm on the way out the driveway, and I'm thinking, oh, is that a lesson? I'll just polish up what's front up front. Plain suit will take care of the rest. So, don't ask me to take my suit off this morning. <coughs> so I'm I'm just passing this morning. Just just what you see. Or am I, if I got a dirty problem, am I willing to take that dirty problem all the way out to the end? Takes extra time, takes extra effort. Get up a little earlier. I'd like to look at four things, and there could be quite a few more, I don't know, whatever, but I'd like to just look at four things this morning that would certainly enhance or make the difference between just passing and excellence. Turn to Psalm 119. What about my affections? My affections seriously impact my relationship with God and others. 161. Princes have persecuted me without a cause, but my heart standeth in awe of the Lord. I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. I hate and abhor lying, but thy law do I love. Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. Great peace of they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation, and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies, for all my ways are before thee. I read in the news the other day, I'm not sure if I said this over the pulpit, it's been a month or two ago, where this guy in California, I think it's California, he's digging, doing doing some uh, landscaping in his yard. I think he's digging a post hole or something. He hit some metal. And here is tin can. And in that tin can was some gold coins. And I think the face value was worth $750. They were so rare and so mint 
that they were in excess of a million dollars. I think a million and a half. I'm not sure how much it was. It, I know it was excess of a million dollars. You think if you came to church this morning that you keep that under your hat? You think your neighbor know about it tomorrow? You think it would make news in the community? I rejoice that thy word is one that findeth great spoil. Does your heart just erupt every once in a while in the middle of the week? I remember our, uh, one of the ministers in Ohio. And I'm not, it, it wasn't just a funeral. It was just somebody was saying that, that he, he appreciated uh, Brother Jonas because what, Brother Jones was a mason. And every once in a while, Brother Jones would just throw his, throw his trowel in the mud and start singing. And he sang a verse of song. And then he'd pick up his trial and he'd go back to work again. Just right in the middle of land brick, land block. Just my affections. What do I love? Seven times a day. Does it erupt seven times a day? Do I have peace because I love God's Word? Have I done His commandments? Is that important? See, the last verse says, I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies. All my ways are before thee. You can take the suit off. And it don't make any difference. It's ironed all the way through. Second thing I thought about was, what about my habits? My habits impact my relationship with God. My habits impact... My relationship with those around me, my brother and sister in church. If I habitually do something, it's going to be habitually for the good or habitually for the bad. And so my habits, it's the things that I've done over and over and over and over to the point that I do them subconsciously. Charles Reed once said, and we have heard this, so an act and you reap a habit. So a habit, and you reap a character. So a character, and you reap a destiny. So do my habits this morning enhance my relationship with God and others, or do they cause difficulty? For example, do I have habits of kindness? Or do I have habits of anger? Am I habitually doing something kind for people? Kind words, kind whatever? Or am I habitually trying to control this angry thing that keeps rising up within me? And expresses itself. Especially to those close to me. 
Do I have habits of servanthood? Or do I have habits of demanding and a demeaning spirit? Nobody quite cuts it like I do. And so, um, you know, they owe me a lot. I don't quote Mark Twain over the pulpit very much, but Mark Twain said, if you think the world owes you something, you're mistaken, because it was here a long time before you were. Do I view others as those that I am called by God to serve? Humbly? Or do I think the world, the church, owes me? Nobody quite comes up to my criteria. Do I have habits of sullenness? Or do I have habits of joy? Walk around with my lips stuck out. Don't work. Don't, you know, this. I'm always, yeah... I work with a guy like that, and we called him Cloudy Bill. He said a black cloud hangs over him all the time. And kind of jokingly, but not really a complete joke. Just couldn't get ahead. Do I have habits of joy? Am I encouraging to people around me? Or am I always spilling my tail of woe? This isn't right. This isn't working out. Do I have habits of respect? Or do I have habits of rebellion? Do I habitually respect those around me? Even though they may not agree with me? Even though they mis may mistreat me? How many here have read Pilgrims and Politics? Two. One, two... Everybody in Prairie Mennonite Church, oh, can I say must? Really close to must read Pilgrims in Politics. How the Christian relates to civil government. That book, I'm serious, you need to read it. I am dead serious. You need to read it. Written by a brother from Goodview. Extremely challenging book on relating to governments when the government isn't what maybe we think it should be. Etc. Do I have habits of respect to everyone? Or do I habitually, yeah, well, that's what they think. Do I have habits of hate or do I have habits of love? Is my heart, my stomach churning because of events, because of people, because of behavior? Maybe even because of my own behavior, I can learn to hate myself.
Do I have habits of ungratefulness? Or do I have habits of thanksgiving? All these habits have dramatic impact on whether I'm at peace with God. Dramatic impact on whether I have peace with my fellow man. See, peace is a product. Then I thought of number three, what are my thoughts? Second Corinthians ten, four and five says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. What are my thoughts? Um, someone has said a man's life is dyed the color of his imagination. studying this and I, I kind of always thought that imagination was always bad and I don't know I, I guess I was influenced a little different because it says you cast them down but you cast them down if they exalt themselves against the knowledge of God someone has likened imagination as like living in a house with well like two story house where it has a basement. So you can live in the main floor, and if you want your imaginations toward God, you can go upstairs. I mean, you know, it's like you can use your imagination for high things. If, for example, taking something, it maybe appeared a little offensive, and you say, well, you know, I am sure. You know, that just doesn't fit that person's character. I am sure that I, I am sure that that was not meant that way at all. I, I don't know about you, but my imagination can start running. I mean it can run fast. All I have to do is feed it a little bit. Spurgeon said a vile imagination once indulged, once there's become a habit, gets the key to our minds and can, in, can get in very easily, whether we will or no, once it's a habit, and can so return as to bring seven other spirits with it, with it more wicked than itself, and what may follow, no one knows. All you have to do is allow Satan to plant things into your imagination and then you can gather facts that feed those imagination and those imaginations that start going around and around and around and picking up more stuff and it's just, you know what? What's pretty? I mean, what's there? 
what the product of that is is not pretty. And I'll confess this morning, I've struggled with that in my life. You got to get serious. Satan, get behind me. I don't believe it. And unless I have facts to prove it, I will not feed it. I refuse to feed it. Because you're trying to destroy my relationship with God and my brother and sister in church. I refuse to believe it. Someone else said, when temptation knocks, imagination usually answers. Here's a question. What are the pictures on the walls of your and my imagination? What are we, the dwelling that God has given us, we decorate our houses. We put things on the wall. What are the pictures on the walls of your and my imagination? Are they good? Number four. What are my motives? We should shy away from analyzing other people's motives. All right? I, I think that's proper. I think it's right. And the reason why I think it's proper and right, uh, because, I don't know about you, but for me, I've got more than enough to take care of in my own life. We have to be unmercifully honest about our own motives. Because God sees them as crystal clear. We have a hard time even interpreting our own motives, let alone other people's motives. And we certainly have a full-time job with our own. But Jesus didn't shy away from the subject of motives. If you turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew 6... Hit it square on the head. Oh, I'm going to look. That's why I don't make any sense. Matthew 6. Take heed that ye do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. None. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, let not thy right hand know what left hand know what thy right hand doeth that thy alms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. And when thou prayest, 
Thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into that closet. And when thou shut the door, pray to thy father, which is in secret. And thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. And when you pray, use not vain repetitions, as the heathen do. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be ye not like, be ye not therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. After this manner, therefore pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Where, moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance. For they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, Anoint thy head, and wash thy feet, face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father, which is in secret, and thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. Lay out for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through or steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thy eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thy eye be, but if thine eye be evil, I, did I say evil in 22? Therefore, if thy eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thy eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one, love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. You talk about a passage of scripture, it is loaded with 
instruction on motives, Jesus strikes right to the heart. Someone has said, I'll give this in closing, closing is not what a man does that determines whether his work is sacred or secular. It is why he does it. The motive is everything. Let a man sanctify the Lord God in his heart, and he can thereafter do no common act. All he does is good and acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For such a man, living itself will be a priestly ministration. As he performs his never-so-simple task, he will hear the voice of the seraphim saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. That's challenging to me. When our motives are right, it doesn't matter what it is. It can be washing the car. It can be washing the dishes. It can be doing the laundry. It can be whatever. It becomes expression of worship to God. So in review, our affections, habits, thoughts, motives will add to or take from our ability to be at peace with God and man. So I challenge you this morning along with myself. May we purify and exercise these habits, affections, thoughts, and motives to the glory of God and for our eternal good. May God help us.